Coming up, let's check in on the D-backs bullpen, how Mike Hazen is doing with that reclamation project so far this offseason, and then the winter meetings are going on, so let's do some D-backs predictions and Major League predictions for the winter meetings, all coming up on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist and a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, Miller Thomas 24 at myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creativethomas24 from my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends and please tell your friends to hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. We are slowly growing the channel. I want to grow it a little faster. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube. But for today's podcast, Winter meetings are going on right now, so I want to talk about some D-backs predictions I have for the winter meetings, some major league predictions I have for the winter meetings. But first, I want to do a little check-in, a little off-season check-in on how Mike Hazen is handling the bullpen because we know the bullpen was the biggest reclamation project for the D-backs this off-season. The bullpen has been the biggest D-backs weakness the last few years, at least in my opinion, because I believe the D-backs had a league average bullpen last year. They would have been in the wild card mix a lot more than what they were this past season. And D-back just had so many games, so many leads that they blew um, because of that bullpen. Where just like Mark Melanson, Ian Kendi, whoever they were throwing out there in that ninth inning, was just struggling and was not able to shut the door when the D-backs had these um, really commanding leads or at least games that were in the grasp of their hands for victory and these bullpens and relievers just absolutely just blew the game for the D-back. So let's check in on how Mike Hazen is doing so far, building this bullpen back up. And there's really three big moves, I guess, so far that the D-backs have made in the bullpen. The first one was claiming Cole Sulzer off the waivers from the Miami Marlins. And Cole, this is one of those guys where you see what he can do with Brent Strom because that's going to tell you whether or not He's going to be good for the D-backs in 2022 once Brent Schramm is able to work with him and get him in his hands because Cole was terrible this past season in 2022, but in a much larger sample size in 2021, he was very good because Cole this past season, if you just look at the raw traditional numbers for him, um, they weren't pretty at all. Cole had a 5.29 ERA, 34 innings pitch, a 1.618 whip, 10.3 hits per nine, 4.2 walks per nine. Like his command was terrible this past season. But we look at Cole from his 2021 to his 2022, there were still some numbers that were similar, even though those traditional numbers I just mentioned were terrible. His strikeout rate and his walk rate were 
pretty similar to what he did in 2021. So what went wrong for Cole in 2022? Well, his hard contact rate went up a lot. Hard contact percentage, exit velo, those went up, which led to more extra base hits. And it led to more home runs, which led him to giving up a 864 OPS and a 375 Babbitt to his uh, to his opposition. So Cole would just given up way harder contact this past year as he was in 2021. Look at his numbers with runners in scoring position, a 326 average, the 926 OPS allowed. Look at his numbers in high leverage moments, 290 average, and a 901 OPS allowed. So what we saw from this past year, maybe Cole shouldn't be the D-backs closer for next season or of the future. A 771 ear rate in save situations in 2022, but in 2021, he showed he could be a valuable high leverage reliever. Maybe not a closer, but at least a high leverage reliever because in 2021, he had a 180 average and a 501 OPS allowed with runners in scoring position and a 212 average allowed in the high leverage moments. Now, he still wasn't great in save situations, but he at least showed you he could be a setup man, a seventh inning guy, a guy that gets you out of jam. So for Cole, I don't mind this signing by Mike Hazen, but it's all going to be about how Brent Strom is able to mold him because Cole has lost around 1.3 miles per hour on his fastball from 2021 to 2022, and that led to the worst year of average allowed and slugging allowed on that fastball. And so he's going to have to change his approach when it comes to pitches or try to work that velo back up because we have seen Brent Strom be able to work with these pitchers and the velocity goes back up. So if Cole is able to reclaim that 2021 velo, allow lesser hard contact, I do think he could put up good numbers once again, but it's all going to fall on the shoulders of a Brent Strom. So I like the move, high risk, high reward. Carlos Vargas is someone that the D-backs acquired from the Cleveland Guardians in a trade. He's 23 years old, righty, 6'4", so he's big. He missed the entire and he missed the entire 2020 season, of course, because of the pandemic. He was a minor leaguer, chose to opt out. Then he missed all of 2021 following Tommy John surgery. So this is someone that didn't have a huge sample size in 2022. Had 19 games between the Double A and Triple A teams for the Cleveland, and in between those two stops, he had a 3.67 ERA. So. Very serviceable ERA, but Vargas is someone that has a very interesting profile. He has a fastball that can hit 100 plus miles per hour, and he's got a power slider to complement it in the low 90s. This is someone that's slotted in as a top 21 prospect, I believe, for the D-backs right now, according to MLB.com. He's on the active roster. I don't know if he will be in the bullpen from day one, but I do think he should be. He's got the profile and the makeup of someone that could be a high-leverage reliever or at least a righty specialist that just goes out there and throws gas. So we'll see what happens with Vargas, but it's at least a nice move and a, and a high upside swing. Like That's what Mike Hazen is going for this offseason. He's going after these power arms, something the D-backs haven't really had the last few years, and that's at least a high upside swing. It's way better than trying to bet on one of these really old 39-year-old closers that haven't been good in five years. I'd rather bet on someone who I haven't seen be good yet, but has the upside and the talent to be very incredible for this D-backs bullpen. Then the last big offseason addition so far for the D-backs bullpen is Miguel Castro, another righty, going to be turning 28, I believe, this month, and he's six foot seven. So D-backs got big and they got powerful in the back end of their bullpen. Castro, a career 4-1-2 ERA. 106 ERA plus and 8.1 strikeouts per nine innings while walking 4.8 batters per nine innings. So 
solid numbers, but not phenomenal or eye-popping numbers. But if you just take his numbers and look at them through the prism of the last three seasons, he's got a 3.7 ERA, a 111 ERA plus since 2020. So slightly better the last three seasons. But what makes Castro interesting is he's got a 98 mile per hour sinker that can hit triple digits, a slider in the mid 80s, and a low 90s changeup. So he's got a nice little pitching profile. But that sinker was absolutely torched this past season, a 357 average and a 643 slugging allowed on that sinker ball. But thankfully, it's only his second most used pitch because his go to pitch is a slider which was by far his best pitch in 2022. Opposing batters only hit 193 against that slider. And if you look at the usage on that slider, he increased the slider usage from 2021 to 2022. So he'll probably need to increase that slider usage a little bit more next season. Maybe he becomes more of a slider changeup guy. He just uses the sinker ball to get you out of jams for double plays and things like that. Maybe it's your strikeout pitch because... Miguel Castro has posted some high strikeout numbers in the past, but he also posts high walk numbers. Big variants, big volatile guys. So like, uh, just like a Vargas or a Cole, just like a Vargas or a Cole Seltzer, Castro high upside, but definitely some risk involved as well. So the bullpen so far, from Mike Hazen's standpoint and the fan standpoint of how it's looking. The bullpen is slowly creeping toward mediocrity, right? It's still not a very good bullpen right now, but I do like the upside of some of the arms we brought in, but they do all have some risk as well, so we have to bake that in because the command seems like it's going to be an issue for these guys, and they're going to be reliant on strikeouts to get them out of some jams, but I do like the power arm strategy because it's something that the D-backs have desperately needed the past few years. I've been banging my desk to get some more power arms because I think there was a game earlier this past season where they went against Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds and he threw more, or I think Hunter Green's first start, he threw more 100 mile an hour pitches than the D-backs bullpen has thrown in like the last five years combined. So they desperately needed more guys that could throw hard. And for a bullpen like the D-backs, Going after hard-throwing righties is kind of like the MLB version of a bad NBA team just shooting a lot of threes because of the variance. D-backs might not have many quality relievers, but if you have a bunch of dudes that could throw 100, you hopefully hope that those guys can just outgas the competition like you hope a bad NBA team could just hit more threes than the opposition they win that game. So for the D-backs bullpen, they might be very reliant on the strikeout and the heater next season, but it's at least variance that I hope plays in the D-backs' favor because Listen, the guys who are 40 years old trying to throw 80-mile-an-hour fastballs just ain't been cutting it the last few years. Now, let me see what ad read I have because if you want... Okay, let me let me get this segue right. And speaking of bullpen security, the best security for your home is Simply Safe because at Lockdown Dimebacks, we believe... Home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Lockdown Dimebacks listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off because here's why I love Simply Safe. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusive from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority 
security police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for guests, access your cameras, adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's make some D-backs predictions this winter meetings. Listen, none of these are going to be a hot take. Most of these predictions are probably stuff you guys are feeling too. But this is just from what I'm reading on the tea leaves from Twitter, from, you know, various local reporters, just from my own gut feeling watching the team, Um, you know, for a few years now. This is like my fourth season, fifth season doing the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. So these are my predictions for the D-backs this winter meetings. The first prediction I have is, D-backs make a move on a catcher because the D-backs seem to be swirling around these free agent catchers and even trade targets. Specifically, it seems like the D-backs are very interested in a Sean Murphy from the Oakland A's and a Christian Vasquez, who is currently a free agent. And of course, being the closet Red Sox fan I am, I would love a Christian Vasquez on the D-backs. And I would have loved to see a Christian Vasquez and Carson Kelly platoon if Vasquez was a lefty. But because he's a righty, the D-backs signed a player like Christian Vasquez, even though he's an older player, a veteran, he's still too good to ride the bench behind a Carson Kelly. So I think you would have to trade a Carson Kelly if you sign a Christian Vasquez because Vasquez would bring stability behind the plate, some veteran leadership to this very young D-backs team, even though his offensive ceiling is slightly lower than a Carson Kelly he is probably a safer option at the catcher position. You just know a little bit better where you get it from Vasquez because he's a better pure catcher. Defensively, throwing out guys, framing pitches, he's just going to be a better pure catcher than a Carson Kelly. And offensively, even though his ceiling might be lower than Carson Kelly, he has shown that he's a pretty good, just like solid straight up contact hitter. Like he's batted around 275 or better three of the last four seasons so even though he only has like one season with double digit home runs never going to be a high ops guy never going to be like a crazy rbi producer steal bases anything like that he can hit for like a solid average at least get on base via that way so i do like a christian vasquez and i also think a christian vasquez signing also means maybe a little bit more dalton varsho platoon behind the plate because vasquez is a catcher entering his early 30s he's not someone that you're going to do 140 plus games behind the plate they don't even do that with carson kelly so if you bring in a vasquez i do think that could mean more dalton varsho behind the plate platooning with the christian vasquez but if the D-backs went after Sean Murphy, then I think you definitely have to move Carson Kelly in a deal. And that might be in the Sean Murphy deal because Sean Murphy is under contract with the Oakland A's. So you might have to include Carson Kelly in a deal for Sean Murphy. And 
I think a trade for Sean Murphy would signal that the D-backs are ready to win now and are at least trying to compete to win now and make the postseason. But my biggest issue with a Sean Murphy would be I would worry about overpaying for Sean Murphy because don't get me wrong. He's a good defensive catcher. The advanced metrics tell you he might be a top five or better player at his position. But I think the advanced stats tell you he's a better player than what his actual value is. Hot take. I'm not in on the advanced stats when it comes to Sean Murphy. The advanced stats are good on him. They're really good on him. But again, I, I just look at the traditional counting numbers. Sean Murphy's in his late 20s, so he can still keep getting better and keep ascending. But 2022 was his breakout season, and I'm not sure if it was better than Carson Kelly's 2019 season, at least offensively. So it's hard for me to think that the it's hard for me to wrap my head around the D-backs paying a steep price for someone who whose ceiling is comparable to a Carson Kelly. Like Sean Murphy is way more consistent than a Carson Kelly, has shown more the last couple of years, a better defensive player than a Carson Kelly, but if the price isn't reasonable, I don't want to go after Sean Murphy. He's clearly an upgrade at catcher over Carson Kelly, but let's make sure we're realizing Sean Murphy's not an all-star level Buster Posey, Adier Molina catcher. He's an above-average catcher, better than Carson Kelly, but I would not break the bank trading for Sean Murphy. I really wouldn't want to trade. I really wouldn't want to trade one of my young D-backs outfielders for him either. Next prediction is D-backs don't move Jake, don't move, I almost call him Jake Thomas, Jake McCarthy, Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, or Dalton Varsho because I just think the D-backs have too much value on those outfielders and I know they're getting a lot of calls. I know a lot of teams are interested. I know a team like the Oakland A's would love to get one of those outfielders back. A team like the Miami Marlins would love to trade maybe one of their starting pitchers for an outfielder on the D-backs. And listen, if they offer up a Jesus Lazardo for like a Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas, I'm probably making that deal. But I don't think I don't think Mike Hazen is in a rush to trade these outfielders. I do think he'll check the market, take some phone calls, but I don't think he's in a rush to trade one of these outfielders unless he's getting a clear upgrade back at one of the positions of need. Unless there's a clear swap like a Jazz Chisholm for Zach Gallon deal out there, I don't see a Mike Hazen just moving one of those premier outfielders. Now, we're talking about a Paven Smith. I think that's a real possibility that the D-backs try to move him. I just don't know what team would want him or what his value is. So I, I can't see a D-backs. I can't see the D-backs moving outfielder at this point of time because I think we just value them too much. And I think we just wanna I think we just want to wait and see with these outfielders. Let them marinate a little bit more and let us know what we have with them before we trade them. So I, I don't see it happening this week at least. Another prediction for the D-backs during the winter meetings. We get the D-backs make a competitive offer, but were outbid report on Xander Bogarts. Because last week on the podcast, I laid the case for why the D-backs should go after Xander Bogarts. But I just don't see why Xander Bogarts would want to come to the D-backs. Like the best case I can make for that for Bogarts coming to Arizona is, listen, we have wonderful weather in Arizona. It's sunny 24-7. It's Listen, it's December right now. It's not warm outside. Not warm still means I can walk to my car in shorts and t-shirt and like maybe shiver a little bit, but I, I can tough it out and be okay. I'm not dying. I don't have to sprint to my car. I can still walk to my car in t-shirt and shorts before I hit the gym. 
A large Hispanic community for Xander Bogarts, I think, would appeal to him. We're a young team on the rise, and he can push us over the top. He's got familiarity with the front office, and he would clearly be the star of this team right now if Ketel Marte can bounce back, of course. So I do think there is some appeal for Xander Bogarts, but I just think he's going to get more money elsewhere because the D-backs never pony up the money that we need to for stars because of Ken Kendrick. I also think he's going to want to go to a team that's like more win now than the D-backs. Like the D-backs are definitely in a position to be pretty good within the next couple of years and I think can compete for a title like pretty soon. But we're not the most win now team out there. We're not the biggest contender out there probably vying for the services of Xander Bogarts. I mean, all the reports are saying the D-backs are as serious on Xander Bogarts as anyone. Like it might come down to D-backs versus Red Sox for Xander Bogarts and the Red Sox are just acting like complete fools right now with one of their homegrown stars. But I just don't see a world where the D-backs actually make a real competitive offer to Xander Bogarts and he accepts it and he comes to Arizona. That would be a dream. The closet Red Sox fan in me would love it. I just don't think it's very plausible. Now, if you want to bet on Xander Bogarts signing with the Arizona Diamondbacks, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Every Sunday before the slate of football games begin, I head to BetOnline and I look at the lines of the week, the lines that I want to bet on, and I might have hit a little parlay last night with the Saints and Buccaneers because of BetOnline, so go check out BetOnline, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod and let's give some general winter meeting predictions this offseason because the first prediction I want to talk about is this is not even a prediction anymore because I think this is the worst kept secret during the offseason, during free agency right now. Aaron Judge to the Giants, right? Aaron Judge doesn't seem like he's going back to the New York Yankees. He's been everywhere but New York since the offseason has started. We've seen him in San Fran. He was at the Bucs for a Saints game talking to Tom Brady pregame. And the Giants also just made a move for Mitch Hanniger. Now, maybe you're thinking the money that they gave to Mitch Hanniger, maybe they won't go after Aaron Judge now. Or maybe the Giants are going all in this offseason. And because they hear the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, they hear me talk about how I don't think that roster is very good, how I think a lot of their talent has left the building over the last couple years. And they have good pieces like a Logan Webb. I like the Mike Yastrzemski's of the world. But I just don't think they have that offensive talent in uh, don't have players with an offensive ceiling to really carry you deep into the postseason. But you sign a Mitch Hanniger, if he can stay healthy for a full season, he's a power machine with an Aaron Judge. If the Giants can pull off both of those moves, then they are cooking with gas, I guess. I was going to say, in my uh, at the Arizona Coyotes, we like to say cooking with electricity because everyone has electric stovetops now. No one has gas stovetops. But Aaron Judge and Mitch Hanniger, those would be, of course, two legit signings to your outfield and would make the Giants a real threat in the NL West once again. I got another NL West prediction for you. I believe the Dodgers are going to sign either Carlos Rodon 
and or I think it's more of an or than an and or Carlos Correa. I think after Justin Ver, I think the Dodgers have been on one of these top starting free agents to pair with a Clayton Kershaw, whether it be a Justin Verlander, whether it be a Jacob DeGrom. I do think the Dodgers were very interested in bringing in any of those starters. But with the age of a Verlander and the money of a Verlander and the age and injury risk and the money of a DeGrom, I think it made it a little bit tougher for the Dodgers to be all in on those players. But a guy like Carlos Rodon, yes, he has some injury risk too, but he's in the prime of his career. He had a great season last year, was a legit Cy Young candidate last year. So I think the Dodgers would be very happy to put a Rodon where a Clayton Kershaw and a Walker Bueller and a Julio Urias together. I don't even know what's going on with Trevor Bauer, but I still think he's under contract with the Dodgers. Or maybe the Dodgers just try to replace Trey Turner with the dude who cheated against him in 2017, Carlos Correa. That would be a really fun narrative. Maybe the Dodgers try to do both here. I think it's more likely that they go the or route than the and route, but I could see the Dodgers getting Rodon and or Carlos Correa. Next move, I think this would be a really dumb move. I do think it's possible that it happens because this team has been searching the market for outfielders, and it's the Boston Red Sox who seem to have some interest in the D-backs outfielders. And I will give the Red Sox a D-backs outfielder if it means we sign Xander Bogarts, but I think the D-backs are going to, not the D-backs, I think the Red Sox are going to kick the can on Brian Reynolds. I think it's going to be one of those moves that's like, wait, what are you doing? You signed Trevor Story last year? to a major seven-year deal, but you're going to let Xander Bogarts walk, and then you're, you know, doing all these negotiation tactics and making it tough for Rafael Devers, but then you're going to go out there and trade for Brian Reynolds. It's the perfect Red Sox move because it makes absolutely no sense. They're trading and signing players that are a quality talent, but letting the homegrown stars walk out the door. That Red Sox front office is in shambles. The ownership is in shambles. I hate what the Red Sox are doing, and this will be another move where it's actually a good move, but I just think I just think it would make no sense for Boston to do it. Next prediction, we're going to see a catcher move galore. We already talked about the catchers in the last segment with the D-backs, but Sean Murphy seems like he's going to be traded potentially this week. The Blue Jays have like five catchers. They're definitely going to try and move them. We talked about a trade where maybe the D-backs hit Danny Jansen, Backup catcher for the Blue Jays, really young, really good. Maybe the D-backs can swing a move for him if the price is reasonable. Christian Vasquez is a free agent. And Wilson Contreras, really good all-star catcher, might be open to moving to the outfield for the foreseeable future. Astros have been kicking the cans on a Wilson Contreras, so I think that would be an interesting move. So I think we're going to see a whole bunch of action with catchers this week. Another move. Xander Bogarts, I think he does go back to Boston. I know I just talked about how Boston doesn't make a lot of sense, and maybe they start making sense after Brian Reynolds. They trade for him, then they sign Xander Bogarts back. Just because, like I talked about in the last segment, I don't see the D-backs actually winning the Xander Bogarts bid, and it just doesn't seem, just from the rumor mail, I mean, the the other teams interested in Xander Bogarts were like the Phillies who are now out on him. The Cubs are interested in Xander Bogarts, but I don't see why Bogarts would do that. The Padres are interested in Bogarts, but Tatis is not going to switch positions. So I think it kind of just leaves the Red Sox in this position where they're going to re-sign their star player and just be a move that would make sense, thankfully, for the Red Sox. And then maybe all their moves will start to make sense if they sign Xander Bogarts and then trade for Brian Reynolds. But... I just don't know what the Red Sox are doing. I don't think a Brian Reynolds move makes sense if Xander Bogarts walks. But if Bogarts returns to Boston, then I do think the Brian Reynolds move makes a whole lot more sense. And then the final prediction I have for these winter meetings is the Yankees 
miss out on all the top shortstops once again. Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa. I don't even know who else is out there, but back-to-back seasons where the the up the middle of the infield has basically been the, the premier free agents, tier one free agents. Superstar shortstops have been on the market. Some very good second basemen, too, have been on the market. And the Yankees are just going to miss out on all of them and probably run back like Connor Kalefa or whatever they were running out there last year. DJ LeMayu solid, but he's definitely in the decline and on the wrong side of 30. So for Yankees fans, rejoice that you're re-signing Brian Cashman because that seems like it's going to be your best move of the offseason. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. The Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Go behind the scenes and beyond the scoreboards with, with insights from our local experts, wherever you get podcasts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.